Welcome, friends old and new, to Marketing Mavericks, a consumed media vlogcast. I'm your host, Leo Falkenstein. In this vlogcast, we're here to dive into the world of marketing, technology, and career and personal development, with our goal of helping you navigate the ever-changing landscapes that the marketing world has to offer. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just starting your journey, we're here to inspire, educate, and empower you to become a true marketing maverick. In this exciting episode of our vlogcast, I am joined by Justin Keller, SVP and Head of Marketing at Drift. I've known Justin for many years. We worked together on so many different video projects when he was at Terminus, as Consume Media and Terminus have worked together for almost six or seven years now. In this episode, we're gonna talk about a lot of different items. We're gonna talk about some of the videos we created together. We're gonna talk about how we've worked together during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're gonna talk about the keys to creating quality content and probably my favorite topic, how marketers can combine both analytics and creativity when planning out their campaigns. So let's get after it and let's have some fun. Good morning, Justin. How are you doing today? Good, Leo. How are you? I am fantastic. It is a Wednesday morning here in Atlanta, Georgia. Still hot here in Atlanta, Georgia, but that's you know what we expect in, in August. It's part of the brand. <laughs> it's part of the brand, right? Um Justin, you and I have known each other for a long time now. I think coming up on, I think over three years now. Um, When you first arrived at Terminus, Consume Media had been working with Terminus for many years before that. And then we continue to work with Terminus while while you were there. But, you know, before we get too far into like our relationship, how we know each other, what you're doing now, we'd love to hear just kind of a quick, quick synopsis of your journey. You know, how'd you come up in marketing? What are what are some of the cool companies you've worked for? Things like that. Yeah. Um, so I started up my, my, my first like real grunt job. Um, I was the first non-founding employee at a company called Cha-Cha. So if you are above the age of, I don't know, call it 35, you may remember us from, um, you know, being in high school where you would, this is before smartphones. It was basically a mobile Q&A, right? So you text a number, ask a question, you get an answer back, which is funny because now we've got ChatGPT doing exactly the same thing with not only the humans, but it was completely human. Anyways. Super, super fast growth. Got the tech bug from that. This was in Indianapolis and um, got some, you know, now looking back, questionable uh, advice from my CEO at the time when I told him I wanted to be a marketing leader one day. He's like, well, if you want to do that, Justin, it's all math. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. So I got to go learn math now. So I went and got the most quantitative MBA I could get my hands on the day after I graduated, moved to San Francisco. And... led marketing teams with like a data first approach for about a decade out in the Bay area. And then, um, kind of became time to move back to the Midwest to be close to family and went to work for a company called Sigster, which was a marketing technology, um, product. And my first time marketing to marketers and decided, okay, I really need to change it up. Maybe like I need to impress other marketers and that's not going to be done through a spreadsheet. And so got really, really over-indexed on brand. Uh, things went really well. We had a, a good run there. Got acquired by Terminus, which is when I met you. Did a lot of very fun, big, bold brand stuff there. And then um, came to my journey, came to an end there and moved over to Drift, where I kind of got back into the saddle. And, and my, my first job here at Drift was very much performance marketing, living in spreadsheets, messing with numbers all day. And that was that was kind of the marketing um, I was doing here until about three or four months ago when I was promoted to the head of marketing. And now the whole thing, the squishy brand stuff, the hard number stuff, all all coexists in, in my remit. I love that. And I, I want to dive deeper into a story 
kind of that combines creativity, math, everything like that in a moment. But before I kind of dive into that story of a project that we did work together on, Justin, I want to kind of ask you in your head, you're, you're the marketing expert. You're one of the marketing leaders over at Drift. Tell me in your head, how do these items coexist and work together and push each other up? The math related items, you know, the more creative, like everything like that. How do they work together? It's really, um, it's, it's an interesting dance between the two, right? Like they influence each other a little bit, but you can't really like move a dial on the, you know, performance or revenue marketing side of things and expect it to have a material impact on the brand side of things. And it's kind of the opposite's true on the brand side of things, right? Like you can't say, Hey, by virtue of me running this really clever campaign or putting up this compelling thought leadership, it's going to change the performance on the more quantitative side of the marketing things. It definitely can. It can have like a huge, tremendous impact on it, but you can't predict for it. So you're kind of like dealing with two, it's kind of a, what's the word? It's kind of like binary forces that don't get along. And if you can find the synergy between them, then you're probably going to be one of the greatest marketers of all time. <laughs> it is very, very difficult to find how these two kind of interact with one another. Love it. So and I kind of like to kind of transition slightly just into a little bit about Drift. And, you know, some of the things that, first of all, what is Drift? What are you guys doing at Drift? But also some of the things that you are seeing success with on, on those sides of the marketing journey. So we are, Drift is a conversational marketing platform. So if you go to a website, a little chat pops up, it's a good chance that's a Drift. And the reason Drift exists is basically um, to connect your website visitors directly to your brand in a in a better, more progressive way, right? Whether that means chatting with a live human, chatting with a bot and having it help you find what you're looking for, really just trying to make it, you know, we're here to help bring your website to life and convert more of your website traffic, whether that means setting up meetings or just getting them further down the funnel, getting them to engage with more resources. So that's what we're up to. And then um, how we think about it at Drift, I mean, my job here is quite intimidating because my um, antecedents are absolutely legendary marketers um, and have done, I mean, arguably some of the best brand builders of all time in B2B. And so when I came into this role, I was inheriting a very, very dominant brand. Everyone knows who Drift is. Um, and it's it's been a challenge for me because, like I said, very intimidating um, you know, shoulders to stand on. But it is also one of those things where Drift came out of the gate so hot um, and was such an in-demand product that a lot of the sales and marketing was easy. Skip to today. It's a wildly different economy. It's a much more competitive landscape. Um, and things are not, you know, like brand, it doesn't alone drive the business the way that it used to. And so it's one of these things where we've got the luxury of having an amazing brand to build off of, but the actual mechanical marketing that we need to do is a lot more important because, um, you know, every, every cent matters and we need to be, you know, all of our investments need to have a positive ROI. And so things like massive brand investments are, are something we're less, we're more risk averse too, or we can't we can't tolerate as easily. And we're seeing that. I mean, you know, obviously, Consume Media is a video marketing agency. We uh, work on brand projects. We work on you know product demos. We work on ads. We do all type of different things. And then we're hearing the same sort of things with all of our clients. You know, there was a time twenty 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 one early twenty twenty two where you know band brand uh, campaigns and launches and video projects were huge and everyone wanted to do them. 
But now you're right. I mean, everyone is, a, you know, you said every cent matters. And that's what we're hearing from every single one of our clients, every single one of our prospects, which we're all in the same boat. Um, yep. So I think that's interesting. And, and, and it's it's just interesting to hear that it's really happening everywhere. And, and you guys it's are saying it. everywhere. And that doesn't mean, like, and this is, I think, important. It doesn't mean that brand investments are unimportant. Arguably, they're more important than ever. It's just a lot harder to secure those dollars and to convince the people that are going to give you that money to give it to you. And that's the challenge that marketers have is I think a lot of marketers feel it in their bones that right now is like the time to double down on those things. And your CFO is going to say, absolutely not. (laughs) And so it's kind of like, you know, the the internal struggle struggle for marketers, you want to do the right things. You believe that you've got the right instincts and, um, you know, fighting that battle has also become a lot more challenging. Yeah. It's the way of the world. Yep. I'd like to pivot slightly, uh, you know, in, in video marketing, we're in the business of storytelling, right? I like to tell stories and I think, Justin, we have we have a pretty good story of kind of a lot of the different content that we have created together. I met you in 2020 um, when you, when uh, Terminus had just acquired Sixter. We worked on a lot of great projects. I remember the first thing you ever did was that say, "Hey, Leo, I'm, we're having our kickoff down in Atlanta. It's I think the last week of February of 2020, and we need to get some video to show how awesome our kickoff is." So we get there, and then by the time we get there, it's like, oh, I don't know if we should be t- shaking hands. And then, right. <laughs> and then uh, we get back to start editing, and I think you're like, we need to pause on this. We probably shouldn't have sent everybody to to Atlanta two weeks before COVID happened. Exactly. Um, we were like, we weren't. I don't think we had any outbreaks, but yeah, exactly. We brought the entire company from like four corners of the country together in a small room right before COVID shut yeah. the world down. So that was our first interaction together. And early at the time, that's what Consume Media was doing. We were the only thing we were doing at the time was, you know, boosts on the ground filming, not only events, but, you know, filming and editing. Right. And then 2020 happens and we need to figure out, okay, how can we create We know that our clients need content, but we also know they don't want us much less six feet away from them, 600 feet away from them. So how can we do that? And that's when we started pivoting into more animated um, content. And that's a lot of the stuff that we did with you guys in 2020. I'm looking at my list of, of the videos we made in 2020, but we made um, a video about um, your acquisition of Ramble or Terminus acquisition yep. of Ramble, the Pardot integration. We did some case studies. We did a product video series. And then we started doing, uh, you guys had some awesome campaign ideas for things that you guys could film internally and we could edit like the dumpster fire campaign yep. and then the break shit campaign which if i remember correctly was one of your most successful campaigns of all time so that's kind of how we started right um out of those projects i guess is there anything that's memorable for you it could be from the video perspective or just from the campaign perspective i think um I think one thing we did that was super prescient and I think relevant even today was um, this video series called The Roof, which ended up winning an award. And this was like we had a great relationship. It was like we want to keep working with Consume. But, you know, myself and, you know, we could check out my marketing team was in Indianapolis. You guys were in Atlanta and it used to not be a big deal to hop on a flight. But all of a sudden we still needed to tell the thought leadership. So what we did is we called it The Roof because I could be like, hey, you know, one or two of my marketing friends meet me on the roof of our building where it's outside and, you know, it was a little, you know, safer to, to be in the air of COVID. 
filming, you know, talking head stuff, getting, you know, like one uh, steady, you know, SLR camera and then me with a iPhone gimbal and just sending you two shots and you guys cut it together. And it turned into like a Netflix series that ended up winning an award for best. It was, I think it was best video content. Yeah. Um, and that I think is still relevant today, right? Like you don't necessarily need to, like, it's preferable to have a lot of great video capture talent with you, but iPhones have remarkable cameras now. Like technology is a lot. You can get a lot of great raw footage out of idiots like myself and then consume as magicians at turning questionable footage into really, really, really good final output. Well, it's funny you say that because what are we doing right now, right? This is video content, but this is captured from my webcam and your good cam and my little uh, audio microphone that cost me 50 bucks. But right, it's like it's the pre-production, you know, making sure that we have the story to tell, but also the post-production animation that can bring average video quality um, into something more important. But on that note, again... It's really about content, right? Quality is important in a lot of different spots. But for something like this, like a podcast or a series on top of a roof, it's really about what are people saying? You know, what did what are we trying to get out of this? What's the goal? What pieces of information do the the thought leaders have that they want to share with the world? Um, And ultimately, you know, I I tell people all the time that quality is great, but content's really what matters, right? 100% right. Yeah, right. And I mean, case in point, like, look at how, I mean, like, everyone's on their phone watching, you know, TikTok, for example, and those things, nine times out of 10 are just garbage in terms of actual video quality. But the content clearly is there, right? There's a message that people are interested or something's happening there where they spend hours of their day scrolling through it. You're exactly right. I love it. Awesome. So that was kind of like the story of 2020, right? We started with all these animated videos. 2021, uh, people a little bit more comfortable, you know, being around people. And, you know, we're, I think we were still wearing masks on some of our shoots, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were allowed to be around each other. And yeah, I get this call one day. Uh, we're on a call. It's me, you, and uh, Jillian um, McNulty, now in Hofer. And we're mm-hmm. talking, you have, I think we started this call, you're like, I have like seven ideas that we need to go through. When we talked about the roof at the time, we talked about a few other projects. We talked about a uh, full-length docu-series, which we can talk about later. But what I yep. want to mention right now is my favorite, one of my favorite campaigns that I ever worked on. Um, and that is the puppet, the intern. Um it, I'll do my best to describe it. Actually, no, I'm not. You're the brainchild of sure. it, Justin. What, what What's the puppet? What happened here? So we, um, <laughs> if we zoom really back out, Terminus uh, is an ABM platform, right? Mm-hmm. And what does ABM mean? Um, if you ask, you know, 10 different marketers, half of them will be like, I don't really know. And that's still true. Like ABM is prolific as a concept it is. It's still not as deeply saturated. Maybe it is now. This is, you know, three or four years ago. It's not completely saturated those guys. And the other five would give you five different answers, right? And clearly there was some just broad education on how, you know, um, traditional inbound demand gen differed from ABM. So the concept was basically to make a extremely entertaining, very consumable mini series about an intern who started off his career in a cold calling center and is just like, you know, a volume based marketer and, uh, you know, lucks into a job somehow at Terminus where he gets to meet myself, Jillian Sangram, the godfather of 
of ABM and learns about, you know, the difference, right? And, and the puppet was kind of like incidental, like we, you know, puppets are awesome. People, that's, it's like a pattern interrupter. People see a puppet on LinkedIn and they're gonna be like, okay, wait, hang on, I'm gonna have to watch this. And um, it was like, honestly, just kind of like, and I hate to say this, but it's true. So many of my biggest successes in my career started off as completely stupid ideas, right? So me and Jillian are just like, we should do a puppet show. And then it just kind of snowballed and got more and more momentum and clever ideas surrounding it. And we pulled more people into it. And like, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And um, it ended up being me and Jillian, like only two people in the office sat there for, you know, three or four hours, broke an entire season of the intern shipped you guys a uh, a script and gosh like a month or two later we were on a flight to to Atlanta to start filming a like a full production series about a puppet that learns about marketing it was awesome i think the main <laughs> actors were as you said you and Jillian and Shay Castle yep. um, we got a professional puppeteer to pay uh to be the puppet we had, we had a professionally um, made puppet made like people that were making puppets for Sesame Street actually made a, a little blue puppet that had a Terminus t-shirt and a cool haircut. <laughs> it was awesome. I think I think yeah. we had four straight days um, that we filmed at the Consume Media office, made six episodes, put a trailer out. And um, unfortunately, the, the campaign did not. Uh, it did not make it out. Did not make did not it out. Did not see the light of day. But, but we did have like a full, a full. I mean, we at the same time we're filming a full-on documentary, like a a feature-length documentary featuring like some of the heavyweights in B two B marketing. Like we were doing incredibly big stuff, and it was honestly pretty. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, low budget for what we were doing. Like we were to your exact point, Lee. Like we had really good content and really creative people, and that was the most important piece and you guys were able to plug in and just do a great job filming and cutting it together and making it look so much bigger than what it actually was. Yeah. I appreciate it. That was a really, really fun time between the roof and break shit yep. and the puppet and the seven truths and a lie docuseries. Shout out yep. to uh, Rachel Downey with share your genius for helping us produce that. Um, yes. There was a lot of great content between Consume Media and Terminus at the time, and we hit so many different areas of the customer life cycle, right? It's like, you know, the, the break shit campaign was really all about, if I remember correctly, it was about how can we say something wild that's going to capture attention, but also have content to back it up. Ultimately, yeah, I think it, you, I saw some stats sometime that increased your leads by like, or, or the number of leads by like a, a major amount or something like that. It was two date. And I don't know if they beat this, but two date, it was the highest pipeline driving campaign of all time at Terminus. And we also did, and we did another thing that was fun, right? We did customer testimonials, but we made them fun, right? Yeah. Rock stars. Yes. And we said, hey, this is our theme. We're calling them rock stars. How can we make this feel like rock stars? So what did we do? Got a bunch of band equipment, got a sick studio rug, yep. set a, essentially a, sta a band uh, practice area up in the background of our interviews. Yeah. Had our interviewees. I mean, people were sitting on like top of a bass amp and doing their interviews, like sitting on top of an amp. Like it was, yeah. it was great. It's just those little, little tiny details make such a huge difference in the end product. But you said the word earlier, pattern interrupter, right? Yeah. You don't see that, you know, you see the same customer testimonials of we're, you know, 
quote unquote guilty of it as well, right? You know, someone says to do a testimonial. All right, we know how to create a corporate testimonial. Let's create a corporate testimonial. But with a little bit of extra creativity and a small additional budget, you can really change the look and feel of it, right? It can go from a corporate testimonial to nine people traveling to Atlanta in front of a practice band area, sitting on a bass amp, strumming a guitar. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just fun, right? It's just those little, the little flourish. We call them a term. It's those little flourishes, right? Like, it's just like one weird idea. What's the one, like, how can we spend 10% more idea in pushing this idea a little bit further? And that's all it takes. Like, it's not a secret. It's just like, you can't be averse to that. Like, doing it quick and easy is not the best way. Like, Put a little more love and joy and weirdness into what you're trying to create. Yep. And we continued that Rockstars campaign. A few, a few, uh, I think the next year we did a very, very similar shoot where we had three or four people come yeah. down to Atlanta. We changed the area. We changed the set a little bit. But again, that's something that once you kind of have built the template for it, once you've kind of created the Rockstars concept, um, you can kind of adapt and grow and make it so the next time you want to do rock stars, it's the same idea, but still a little bit different pattern yep. interrupter, as you would say. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, Justin, I, I, we're about up at, on our 20 minutes or so. So I want to kind of um, lead, end with a few specific, you know, thoughts, questions. And my first one is just kind of for you as a thought leader in the marketing space. What are you seeing right now? What what's important? What's going to continue to be important to marketers as they, you know, are they embarking on on new campaigns and new initiatives? I think we're in a weird time right now where, you know, especially tech marketers like I am one, um, things are tight, right? Like it's not the best time to be in software. And I think that is creating a instinct of scarcity, which is completely understandable. And to combat that, I would suggest exactly what you and I have talked about. It's like, you know, resources be damned. Like I have done huge things on no budget before, let alone, you know, like, I mean, it's really a matter of like, how can you tell a better story? How can you get someone to stop their scrolling? How can you get someone to take a second look? And to me, that comes down to, that's like what we started off talking about. Like what's the balance between brand and revenue marketing? Like you can optimize an ad all day long, but it's not necessarily going to make a material impact on the business. And if you are, you know, if you are trying to have an outsized impact on your business, it's one of two things. Um, You have to take a big, bold chance. It doesn't require money, but you can do something big um, and, and risky and now's a good time to do it. Or you can do nothing, right? And you can you can you know hunker down and try and weather the storm, and that may be the best strategy for you. Um, I don't know who you are, but you don't need mm-hmm. budget to to be risky and to um, to to you know do something really magical to get people to notice your business and to care about what you're selling. Is there anything along those lines that you guys are working on that you're able to talk about right now? <laughs> Ooh, that I'm able to talk. No, we're working on exactly this and a major thing. And I cannot talk about it yet because I know um, I've got some competitors listening to this that, you know, would be happy to take some ideas. What else are we doing? I mean, honestly, I can't say this, though. Like, I, I have had very, very thin budgets a lot of my career. And one of the magical things is working with partners. If you can collaborate with with another company that's sympathetic to what you guys are doing and start to bounce ideas off of one another and trying to create something bigger than either of you or multiple of you. Um, 
that's 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 a big way to kind of like subsidize the cost and and have more smart people kind of embrace this weird big idea that you've got i love it great 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 uh great points to to end on this interview um justin how can people find you how can people learn more about drift uh yeah i used to have a big presence on twitter now x and ever since it rebranded i've just kind of lost my interest in it but i'm still there at justin keller and then linkedin uh, Justin D. Keller is my thing, but you can find me. Um, and then drift.com. I would love you guys to come and check out what we're doing. We, uh, you know, speaking of like high impact marketing things you can do to fill your pipeline, we are certainly one of them. Awesome. Justin, this has been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Marketing Mavericks. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, we've worked on a lot of fun things together. Um, we'll and... work on more, Leo. You're one of the best. <laughs> I um, it's it. awesome to always reconnect with you, man. Yep. It's great to relive those moments. Great times. And thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of our vlogcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us on social media to stay updated on all future episodes, as well as a wide variety of other video marketing content. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn by searching for Consume Media. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to bringing you more engaging discussions in the future. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this vlogcast with your family, friends, and colleagues. And with that, I'm out. <laughs>